0: Right, so today we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Part 2. Akrura's arrival in Vrindavan, this is Chapter 38. So, we have missed one entire week in between, so let us continue with this. This is, if you recollect last time, uh, Akrura has been told very clearly by his master, rather, uh, the king, that he is supposed to bring Krishna and Balram so that they can be killed. So there is an elephant waiting for him and then there is this Mushi, that uh, Mallapailwans are there, two of them. So if he escapes the elephant then then there is going to be another person over there who will be waiting. So now let us see what happens. <clears throat> Sukdev Goswami said, After passing the night in the city of Mathura, the high-minded Akrura mounted the chariot and set off for the cowherd village of Nanda Maharaj. So now Akrura is going to go to Vrindavan so that he can bring Krishna in. As he travelled on the road, the great soul Akrura felt tremendous devotion for the lotus eyed personality of Godhead and thus he began to consider as follows. Sri Akrura thought, what pious deeds have I done, what severe austerities undergone, what worship performed or charity given so that today I will see Lord Keshava. So, Akrura is thinking that I must have done something really spectacular in my life, that I am going to bring Krishna in. Now, what is Akrura actually telling? He is saying some things which we should understand in our spiritual domain. In the spiritual world, we have to know that nothing goes waste. Your prayers are never going to go waste your devotion to the Lord is never going to go waste. So if let us say for example in our previous life if we have been devoted to the Lord and we have done something and by chance, by chance the person has died during that particular period where you have not been able to reach God or see him, then in the next life he continues from where he left off. Okay. And uh, it's just like the serials that go on, isn't it? So the next serial, of course they have a small flashback, but uh, human beings don't have a flashback. There is no flashback in human beings. They don't remember what happened in their previous life. So it is important that in case, in case in that particular life, if you are going to meet the Divine Lord in his physical avatar, then... The person should know that he must have done really something fantastic. That means he has been one of the greatest devotees. Otherwise, it is impossible to meet the Lord. So, Akrura is thinking like that. So, there are very few people who remember their past lives. Actually, it's not right to remember the past life. It's going to create a lot of problems. So, it is better to just live in this one. And while you are remembering the Lord, you have to know that because of good fortune, that you have reached this particular stage. Since I am a materialistic person absorbed simply in the sense gratification, I think it is as difficult for me to have gotten this opportunity to see Lord Uttamashruka as it might be for one born a Sudra to be allowed to recite the Vedic mantras. Now, again, Akrura is saying, remember, Akrura is driving his chariot to bring Sri Krishna. He is saying that, see, I am a very low-born, I am an absolutely low-born person and to meet Krishna, it is so such a great thing. Now you may say, what is this meaning of the word meet Krishna and such a great thing? Let us come down to the materialistic level. At the materialistic level, think about it. Today, there is a Prime Minister of this country or there is a President in America. Do you think you, who is a commoner, is, will be able to meet the Prime Minister or the President of a country? Go shake hands with him. Do you think it is so easy that you can just walk into his office and say, Hello, Mr. President, how are you? Or go and meet Mr. Narendra Modi and say, Narendra Modi ji, hain hai? You think it is so easy? Forget about that. Even to meet Shah Rukh Khan, it's going to be tough. <laughs> so, don't talk about it. So, understand this this person is a commoner a commoner is a shudra and shudra is basically there is no caste like a shudra caste okay shudra are the working class people who work for their living who have to earn for their living they are they they work in such a way that they get their salaries at the end of the month they are not the leadership people they don't have leadership qualities in them they are basically workers or people who work for somebody else then we have The Vaishyas. Vaishyas are the business people. They do transactions. Transactions of different kinds. Either with money or with people or so on and so forth. Now you will say money. Money you understand very clearly. You buy and sell. You buy and sell. You buy and sell. Then you will say what is the meaning of transactions by people? There are human resources people. Aren't they? (laughs) What do they do? They transact with people. They give... There are consultants, you know consultants are there. So consultants are doing certain jobs. They are transacting. They are transacting some things. Then we have the leadership. That is the kshatriya. And then the last is called Brahmanas. I don't think there are any Brahmanas there in this world because the novars of Brahma are zero. (laughs) Brahma today is like a completely distant horizon somewhere. Nobody knows where it is. Sometimes it appears, sometimes it doesn't. So, Akrura is saying, I am a low caste person. I am a person who is from absolutely a lower category. I am like a worker. And as a worker, I am going to meet Sri Krishna. It is a great thing. You are going to meet God. So that is the reason why he says, it's a very great opportunity for me. But enough of such thoughts. After all, even a fallen soul like me can have the chance to behold the infallible Supreme Lord for one of the conditioned souls being swept along in the river of time may sometimes reach the Sure. The reason why everybody is given an equal opportunity. See, remember this, we think that people, those who are of the lower category, the workers do not have an opportunity or the per- person who is closer to God, the Brahmanas, they have the highest opportunity. No, nothing like that. If you recollect some of the old stories, you will find that the Lord may be seen by people. They may be talking to God, they may be seeing God, they may be shaking hands with Him or they might be having a distant communication with Him. But that doesn't make a difference. Just think about it. There was a family of Krishna. There is a family of Sri Ram. The family of Krishna or the friends of Krishna Did they know who Krishna is? No. Now there is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had a family, isn't it? He had his mother, father, brothers, sisters. He had two sisters. And he had three brothers, if I am not mistaken. And none of these people knew who Jesus Christ was. Similarly, look at Buddha. Buddha had a family. He had a wife, mother... And so many other people in the family. Nobody knew who Buddha was. Till the time Buddha goes to Kapilavastu once again and tells his son, Join me, Rahula. And Rahula joins him. And Rahula undergoes a training exactly like a normal Bhikshu. Bhikshu, basically of the lowest level in Arhats. Arhats are people, those who join the gang, you know. Basically, devotees like they are not devotees, they are basic disciples. So he had to start from scratch. Think about it from that point of view. That even Ratan Tata had to start from scratch. He became a very small employee in a very big concern. So you have to start from the lower levels and then grow up. Now, most of the time, the people, those who are the closest, don't even know the divine Lord. So then what does it mean that to know the Divine Lord? To know the Divine Lord means to experience the grandeur and the greatness of the Lord and know who He is. How many people actually know the Divine Lord? You will know that in the entire Bible you will find that there are a couple of people only who knew the the true worth of Jesus Christ. Correct? It's likewise in Buddhism also, there were only few people, just few people who knew who Buddha was. Likewise, over here, hardly anybody understands who Krishna is. So, Akrura is saying, I have got this opportunity, so let me not think about all these things just now. He says, one of the conditioned souls being swept along the river of time may sometimes these the istas. So, everybody gets an equal opportunity. So a person may think, I am a poor man, I am a very small person, how can I meet Krishna? No, even the smallest of the person has the highest of the opportunities. Everybody is given the highest of the opportunities to know and recognize Krishna. Again, like I said, recognizing and knowing Krishna are separate things. Today all my sinful reactions have been eradicated and my birth has become worthwhile. Since I will offer my obeisance unto the Supreme Lord's lotus feet, which mystic yogi meditates upon. So he says that I understand every yogi meditates on the divine lord's feet. So I have been given the greatest opportunity in the world today to be at the feet of the divine lord. Indeed, today King Kamsa has shown me extreme mercy by sending me to see the lotus feet of the lord Hari who has now appeared in this world simply by his effulgence of his toenails. Many souls in the past have transcended the unsurmountable darkness of material existence and achieved liberation. So this is the knowledge which is there with Akrura. Akrura understands that to be at the defeat of the Divine Lord is the greatest thing on planet earth. So he says just that small nail of his, just a small toenail. Remember he had shown that even a tiny toenail or even that small nail of his, a very small portion of his being. The entire universe is based in that small portion. He carries it on himself. These lotus feet are worshipped by Brahma, Shiva and all the other demigods. By the goddess of fortune and also by the great sages and Vaishnavas. Upon those lotus feet, the Lord walks around the forest while herding the cows with his companion. And those feet are smeared with the kumkuma from the gopi's breasts. So, this is what... These are the same feet where everybody bows down to. Every person on this planet Earth bows down to the feet of the Supreme Divine Consciousness. Even the Gods. So in case of Krishna, it is Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh, everybody, right from all the Gods, the Goddesses, everything. If you look at it from the Father in Heaven's point of view, it is Jesus also is at the feet of the Divine Lord. All the apostles, everybody who is there are at the feet of the divine Lord. The Father in heaven is the one who is the highest. So, surely I shall see the face of Lord Mukunda since the deer are now walking past me on the right. That face framed by his curly hair is beautified by his attractive cheeks and nose, his smiling glances and his reddish lotus eyes. Now, after reading these lines, you will wonder, how does he know how Krishna looks like? there was no Instagram at that time so I am sure Krishna did (laughs) so Akruna was not seeing himself Krishna on some Facebook or Instagram or anything like that then how does he know the idea is that we say that we can keep the image of the Lord inside our being yesterday we were doing one line where it was important to say you know that why is an image important, you will find that most of the religions in this world do not have an image, Okay, They do not believe in an imagery. Now, isn't it important to have an image of something in the mind? Otherwise, how can you pray to the Brahma, pray to the unmanifest? Now the Buddhists pray to the unmanifest, Okay. The Muslims pray to the unmanifest. That is Allah. Everybody prays to the unmanifest. A lot of world population prays to the unmanifest. Those in Bali also pray to the unmanifest. They are Hindus. In India also, there are a lot of Advaita. They pray to the unmanifest. But is anybody able to recognize the unmanifest? We are human beings. You know, it is very easy to say A boy will say, I want a beautiful girl in marriage, okay? I want to have a very beautiful girlfriend. What does beautiful girlfriend mean? Or a girl will say, I want a tall, dark, handsome type of a guy. What does tall, dark, handsome or a beautiful girl mean? Nobody can say, nobody can pinpoint that thing. Because beautiful is a very vague word. You know, a beautiful can be termed as anything. Alright, everybody has their own judgement, so we need to have a set standard. Every human being needs to have a set standard. My level of beauty would be this. So they will say, oh, my level of beauty should be like this girl, her face should be like this, her nose should be like this, her eyes should be like this, her hair should be like this. So we have set a parameters, isn't it? We have set a bar. Likewise, a girl will say, I want to meet a man of my dreams. He should be like this. He should look like this. You know, think about it. They have created an imagery of the mind in the mind of that person. And that is the reason why image is very, very important. So, whether you are of any caste or creed, if you go to a Buddhist temple, you will see an image of Buddha in front of you. You will see an image of Buddha in front of you. If you go to a church, in it's written in the Bible, you are not supposed to have any image in front of you. You, those who are those are called idolaters, you know, idolatry, it's called. But go to any church, and you will find a cross over there, with an image of Jesus Christ, Mother Mary. Saint Joseph and various other people. So, even a Christian has to go and pray to the image. Okay? The Muslims look towards Makkah and they pray towards that. In Makkah, there is a Kaaba. There is a very beautiful place where they go round and they pray to that place. Now they may also say, now we don't have, Allah is without a form. Of course it is without a form, even Hinduism we say, God is without a form. But we need image, and the image is very very important, so that we can zero on to something. So likewise, in olden times, the sages and the saints had realised that it is important to have an image of the Lord. Think, go back in the past and think about it. The image of the Lord has been very, very critical for developing devotion. Now, a a boy may say, I have to look out for a girl like this. You know, every girl that he meets, he will say, reject, reject, reject and reject. Or this girl who wants a tall, dark, handsome type of a guy will keep on rejecting every person. Till the time the image which they have set in their mind appears in front of them. At that time, the heart will say, Ah, this is the person. And that is what happened to Akrura. Akrura had set an image in his mind about Krishna. By hearsay, by listening to some people, he had decided what kind of a person Krishna would be. Okay? Just imagine there is a tinder and without any photograph of a person. Okay. Swipe right or swipe left. Nobody knows that. So, so, the only thing is when you see the person's photograph, then your mind works and then you say, Oh, this is good person. I want to meet this person. and send the invite out. And this is exactly how it works. You have to see the person. You have to see the face and the image of that person. Then only you will understand. So this line is extremely important. We need to have the image. So Akrura has set an image in his mind and this is his mind talking. The mind says, Surely I will say the face of Lord Mukunda. Hmm? Since the deer are now walking past me on the right, What do you mean by the deer is walking past on the right? You should know that those, the deer are only pally with those people who are very good to them. You know, even a dog, you know, (laughs) a dog will bark at a person whom he doesn't like. But if the dog likes you, he's going to come and lick you. Isn't it? He is going to come round you, turn turn in circles. Likewise the deer are not running away from this person. That means they are there, very much there. That means Krishna is somewhere close by. So that face crammed by his curly hair is beautified by his attractive cheek and nose. His smiling glances and his reddish lotus eyes. I am going to see the Supreme Lord Vishnu, the reservoir of all the beauty who by his own sweet will has now assumed a human-like form to relieve the earth of the burden. Thus there is no denying that my eyes will achieve the perfection of its existence. Oh, what do you mean by no sound? Is there? Huh. You should... Oh, yeah. <clears throat> he is the witness of the material cause and effect and yet he is always free from false identification with them. By his internal potency, he dispels the darkness of separation and confusion. The individual soul in this world, who are manifested here, when he glanced upon his material creative energy, indirectly perceive him in the activities of their life airs, senses and intelligence. A very important two lines, you know, two verses over here. Akrura understands the true meaning of spirituality the spirituality word comes from the word spirit Hmm? the spirit word is something completely different then we will discuss it the word so what is it that we have the word spirit in, in in our particular world, what is it called? It is called adhyatma. Adhyatma means spirituality, that which is related to the divine being inside of us. Okay, that is what it means. So spirituality is also about the spirit within us. So let us see what he say. He says, every human being, every human being without an exception. By the way, even animals, birds and all, but we are talking about human beings at this point in time. Every human being is born with that little essence of the Divine Lord. The life air, which is basically the prana. We do the prana pranayama, isn't it? We keep on breathing air in and out. And that runs our entire body and our system. The prana. <coughs> to the senses, the intelligence and every other thing in our being is run by this divine nature. Or this divine being called the spirit which is within us. And every human being should know this. So he says, Sri Krishna is in, in his part, part over here on the earth is taken a form of Vishnu. Because when the divine Lord takes a form, he takes a form of the form type. That is somebody who is already existing in this material world. Now imagine, you know, some of you have seen Star Wars. Okay. Now imagine you are meeting an alien. The alien has a form, isn't it? Otherwise, how will you recognize? So in the same way, think about it as when the Divine Lord takes a form, he has to take a standard form, isn't it? A form which is already existing, something which is already there. So Vishnu's form is what Sri Krishna has taken. He is also called Sri Krishna on this planet earth. It is the same divine, supreme divine consciousness which has taken a form as a human being. So it is like the father in heaven who is Jesus Christ when he takes a form in the first, second divine unmanifest he is now born here on earth we still call Jesus. Likewise Sri Krishna who takes a form he is a Vishnu avatar, he is still called Sri Krishna on the planet Earth. I hope you see this uh, comparison, you will understand. So, he says, this particular form of Vishnu, which is the Sri Krishna himself, he has taken a human-like form to relieve the Earth of the burdens. Why does, the, why does God take a form? God takes a form for doing certain amount of things in this planet Earth. Every person has been given certain duty. Likewise, when the Lord himself comes, he comes with a duty of his own. And every person who takes a form has been given a duty. Now, you see here also, he is very clearly saying, assuming a form. Likewise, the individual souls in this world who are manifest. Manifest means taken up a body. It's not saying that it is born. It doesn't say it is born what is born on this earth is dying on this earth is again born on this earth is again dying on this earth is again born on this earth simply it means that there is a recycling in the manifest world recycling of components it's like doesn't it happen in case of water water you know it comes down as rain we use it drink it it goes back to the drains wherever it is and then it gets evaporated. It becomes a cloud and again the cloud rains down and then it becomes water once again and so on and so forth. The cycle continues. Likewise, human beings or creatures on this planet Earth, they are born. They take everything from this dust from the planet Earth. That is, all chemicals, all physical beings, everything that is there, including the the nerves and the veins and this and that and arteries and whatnot is like human only, isn't it? So it is taken from this earth. So the main ingredients are available here. Okay? The ingredients are taken. So they are taken to create a body and in the body manifest this form. So remember, this word manifest is very, very important. We can manifest. Now, there is something which you should also know in spirituality. In spirituality, there is a very unique phenomena which happens. The phenomena is this, every human being has a particular manifestation, there is a manifestation in that person, okay? So let us say you are born as Mr. X, you are known by the name which you are given at childhood, alright? But when you enter the domain of spirituality, alright? Mr. X becomes Mr. X and Mr. Y also Okay, the Y is the spirit the spirit which is a liberated spirit which has entered that being manifested in that entered we cannot even say because entering means going inside manifested manifested from inside manifesting means what the beard you see A child, does he have a beard? No. He doesn't have a beard, no. But later on when the man becomes big, he gets a beard. So if I go inside my body, is is the beard already existing there or what? No, it is not existing. Likewise, if I, you know the chicken and the egg, you know the story of the golden egg and the chicken? Alright? So there is this man who says I get one golden egg from the chicken. So he says I want to have all the golden eggs all at once. So what does he do? He cuts the chicken. Does he find the eggs over there? The golden eggs? No. The eggs are manifesting inside. Do you get this point? It's a manifestation. It happens. It happens on its own. So I hope you got a little idea of manifestation. See I have to use only common examples to say but remember this, this common example is for understanding purpose so likewise let us see how this works so when you come in spirituality when you are in that domain and your knowledge increases just think that from your inner being a golden egg is coming (laughs) So a golden egg is manifesting from inside of you. So spirituality is like a manifestation inside of us. So Mr. X has a Mr. Y in it. The Y is spiritual. Okay? And as the time goes and the knowledge grows and grows and grows and grows and grows the person X disappears completely. And only what is left is called Y. So do you understand this? So there is a material being inside of every human being. A material worldly person. He has manifested inside that body. But in that body also there is another manifestation which happens by the grace. Remember. The first part is called initiation. Putting on the switch putting on the switch is called initiation so when you meet your master or when you meet the divine person he puts on the switch so now the new egg has started getting manufactured inside the golden egg so when you meet your guru or you meet your master what happens he has started the process of creating a spiritual being inside of you which is like manifesting inside slowly this being takes over the entire being of yours and this person becomes a completely different person. So I hope you have understood this and this is what he is talking about. So this Lord inside, this spiritual being inside becomes more effulgent, becomes brighter and brighter and brighter. Right. It's like this, you know, now there is a light put on over here, okay, later on the sun comes out, do you need the light, so you switch off the light, isn't it, then the sun takes over the whole being, exactly like that, the spirit in you, the Lord spirit in you, it becomes like the sun in you and it takes over your entire being and this is exactly how it works. So I hope you have understood what is the meaning of the word manifestation. Every human being has this, every person has it in them. So Akrura is very clear, he says, I am also not devoid of it, I also have this. So let us continue, all sins are destroyed and all good fortune created by the Supreme Lord's qualities, activities and appearances and the word that describes these three things, animate beautify and purify the world on the other hand words bereft of his glories are like the decoration of a corpse when you meet this divine being when the manifestation happens inside of a human being when this divine person inside grows at that point in time what happens is this all sins are destroyed this great being, the Divine Lord Himself, when He touches you, all sins, all karmas vanish from there and good fortune is created by the Lord's qualities. So here, Akrura is giving you a similar example of what happens to human beings. So I hope you understand, Akrura, one who is going to meet Sri Krishna, he is very clear that the moment I see Mr. Krishna, the form which he has taken, remember? The reason why I said Mr. Krishna is because it's a form of Vishnu he has taken. The moment he sees that form, what happens? The good fortune. It's all good fortune. How is he? His Supreme Lord. His qualities are immense. His qualities are stupendous. His qualities are outstanding. Activities. His activities are you know mind boggling. It brings about spiritual fervor in you. It's when you meet this person do you know what happens to you? You don't know what actually happens. Your eyes will water. Your heart will want to you know meet the person like as if you are meeting for the first time. You feel as if your mouth becomes dry your tingling in the back is your back is tingling these are certain things that happen and then you have a particular love established in you different kinds of love some people experience the love of one kind that is of a friend some people experience the love of a lover some people experience the love of a mother or a father So that is a parental love. There is a brotherly love. There is a love of different different kinds which each arises in that individual. Okay? Some of a lover. But like uh, we did yesterday. The highest love. Do you know what is the highest love? I don't know whether any of you know about that kind of a love. That highest love is called viraha bhakti. Viraha bhakti means viraha. Separation. When there is separation, there is a highest kind of love experienced by the person. So Krishna himself has said, even Narada has said the same thing. Viraha Bhakti is the highest Bhakti anybody can have. So let us see what happens. The same Supreme Lord has descended into the dynasty of the Satvatas to delight the exalted demigods who maintain the principles of religion he has created. Residing in Vrindavan, He spread his fame, which the demigods glorify in the song and which brings auspiciousness to all. Then I will at once alight. sorry, today I shall certainly see him, the goal and the spiritual master of the great souls. Seeing him bring jubilation to all who have eyes, for he is the true beauty of the universe. Indeed his personal form is the shelter desired by the goddess of fortune. Now all the dawns of my life have become auspicious. So Akrura is feeling mighty pleased that today he is going to meet the Supreme Divine Lord in person and when he meets him all his sins are going to go away. Then I will at once alight from my chariot and bow down to the lotus feet of Krishna and Balram, the Supreme Personalities of Godhead. They are the same feet that the great mystic yogis striving for self-realization bear within their minds. Remember these words bear within their minds. You have to keep on meditating on the feet of the divine lord I will also offer my obeisance to the lord's cowherd boyfriends and to all the other residents of Vindavana and when I have fallen at his feet the almighty lord will place his lotus hand upon my head for those who seek shelter in him because they are greatly disturbed by the powerful serpent of time that hand removes all fear we say the hand of the divine lord is on top If you have seen, you know, most of the photographs or the images that you have seen in temples, there is always an Abhay mudra, you know, become fearless. Isn't that how the mudra is like this? It says become fearless, right? That is what it means. One hand is the giving type and the other one is the become fearless. So, when the divine Lord puts his hand on top of my head, I will become fearless by offering charity to that lotus hand. Purandara and Bali earned the status of Indra, king of heaven and during the pleasures pastime of the rasa dance, when the Lord wiped away the gopis' perspiration and removed their fatigue, the touch of their faces made them hand as fragrant as the sweet flower. So he is describing the various things which the hand of the divine Lord has done. The infallible Lord will not consider me as an enemy even though Kamsa has sent me here as his messenger. After all, the Omniscient Lord is the actual knower of the field of this material body and with his perfect vision, he witnesses both externally and internally all the endeavors of the conditioned soul's heart. In this verse, I am sure you have seen a very important word is there. Everybody has to try. Everybody has to work hard. Everybody has to keep on progressing ahead and ahead and ahead. Nobody can stop. The world over here is all the endeavors. You have to keep on trying, 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 trying. So he says, the divine Lord is watching all this. He knows everything. The moment the person comes in front of him, the Lord knows his entire background, his history, geography, everything. You understand what I am saying? So, nobody is devoid of this. Okay? Thus he will cast his smile affectionate glance upon me as I remain fixed with joint palms. Fallen in obeisance at his feet then all my contamination will at once be dispelled and I will give up all doubts and feel the most intense bliss. So what happens when a person meets the Divine Lord? When the person meets the Divine Lord he becomes fearless. That is the first thing. That is why Abhay Mudra is there. Abhay. Ah, you know bhay? Bhay means fear. Abhaya means fearless, you become fearless. So Abhaya Mudra, that particular form where he blesses you. Second thing which happens is when you touch down, you know when you touch his lotus feet, what happens is, the entire grace of the Divine Lord surges inside of you, you become one with the Divine Lord. At that time, this contamination of the human soul that is happened because of the body, Everybody has taken a form, I told you, no, know, the form is there. We have all taken some forms. The manifestation is happening inside this body. So likewise, this body is contaminated by the material worldly things. We are so much into, I want this, I want that, I want to get married, I want to have children, I want to have a family, I want to have houses, cars, this, that, so many things. These are called contaminations of the material world. Contaminations also material world also have, you know. I want to become rich, I want to become this, I want to become the chairman, I want to become prime minister, I want to do this, I want to earn so much, I want to live like this, I want to study everything. All these wants and desires are body is filled with it. This body is filled with all these desires, and that is why it is said contaminated. Think about it. Alright, let us see contamination and desire. How does these two work? Alright, think. When you are empty, stomach is empty, what happens? The desire arises to eat food. When you eat the food, the body is having foreign material in it, isn't it? Foreign substance. That means let us say you are eating a small burger. Now that burger, is it not a foreign material inside this body? So in the mind and the stomach, an emptiness happened, a desire got created. To fill that desire, that is the void, you are putting it with one burger, isn't it? This burger fills the gap. Now what happens to the burger inside the body? It gets dissolved in the body. All the sattva is taken out from it and it gets dissolved in the body. The body absorbs it and the body grows. Likewise, can you understand that your body is now having material from outside? Correct? So the body is contaminated by stuff. Likewise, everything in the world So in the mind you have a desire. The desire is to have a car or to have a fancy house or to have good clothes. The desire, the moment you get it, you go and buy those things. Those things are not going inside of you, they are not going inside the body. The car is parked in the garage or the car is parked outside your house but is is it not occupying your mind? Think about it. That object may physically not be on your body or inside your body, but is it not occupying your mind? Suppose somebody throws a stone at your car. What happens to your mind? Your mind immediately reacts violently. Have you seen that? This is what is called desire. And this is what is called fulfillment. Can you see the contamination is not necessarily physical. It is not even physical. The stone was thrown on the car. But are you not hurt? Huh? Likewise from your body you are giving either an egg or a sperm. From that children are born. Correct? Now the children are not inside your body, they are outside your body. That's a desire to have the children is inside, creates child outside. The child is outside. Suppose somebody comes and kidnaps the child or beats the child up. Are you not getting hurt? Your mind is getting hurt. So now think, the desires of our material world, they are inside of us. Whether it is food, clothing, shelter, children, car or whatever it is. They are hurting us because the desire creates this object. Object is created and this object is the contamination in us. Just like the burger went inside the body, it's a contamination. It is not from your body. Remember, it's from outside. But it creates a space inside of you likewise the car created a space inside of you the child creates a space inside of you if something happens to the child we get hurt if something happens to the car we get hurt this is the contamination of the material world and this is where the problem starts so he says the moment i touch the feet of the divine lord i become detached from all these things detached I get removed from this material world. Now, what has happened? My feet are touching the Lord. Okay? It is like you are a wire which is touching the battery, the source of power. Okay? This wire is now running this power inside of it, isn't it? So, imagine you are now connected to the central grid. The central grid is the Divine Lord. Grid, you know, the power where it is generated and it gets somewhere accumulated in the center. You are now connected to that. Like you are connected to the internet. Somewhere down there, there is an internet. You are getting connected. The moment you are getting connected, you get disconnected from the material world. Earlier there was no power, now it is there. So when you are touching the feet of the Divine Lord, the power surges inside of us. This sets us in a state of detachment in the material world. We do not have any more attachment for material worldly things. Then the child which is born from this body or the food that you eat become outside. They do not, you do not have an ownership of it because you are now owned by somebody else. You are now owned by somebody else. It is now the ownership of that person, not you. Do you get this point? Think about it. Your company got bought by another organization. Till the day X you were working for X company. Suddenly this company buys your company up. So now your master becomes that company, isn't it? Likewise in the same way you were earlier your own master. Now you got bought over by this great being which we call as the Lord. So everything that you have now belongs to the Lord, isn't it? All the assets become his. Anything that is happening inside this body is connected to him only. So now did you understand this cycle? When you touch the feet of the Lord, you become Lord's property. When you become the Lord's property, everything is his alone. You, you don't own anything worse after this, no ownership of yours. So this is what so this is the cycle that happens. Okay. So that is why he says thus he will cast his smiling affectionate glance upon me as I remain fixed with joint palms fallen in obeisance at his feet then all my contamination will at once be dispelled and I will give up all doubts and feel the most intense bliss. Why feel the most intense bliss is because I do not have any ownership of any kind even if my car gets stolen it's no longer my car it is the boss's car my god's car isn't it the child dies or there is somebody kidnapping it's not my problem anymore it is my boss's problem the lord's problem it's not my issue anymore you got what i'm saying the ownership is rescinded you no longer are the owner the moment some other company owns this company of yours this old company is no longer that owner of that correct isn't it So likewise in the same way, the Lord becomes the owner of this body of yours and everything that is controlled by this body. So it is the Lord's property. Recognizing me as an intimate friend and relative, Krishna will embrace me with his mighty arms, uh, instantly sanctifying my body and diminishing to nil all my material bondage which is due to fruitive activities. I hope you understood this line. This line I already explained to you. Fruitive activities are those, those which are connected to the material world. Having been embraced by the all famous Lord Krishna I will humbly stand before him and bowed head and joined palms and will address me, my dear Akrura. At that very moment my life's purpose will be fulfilled. Indeed, the life with anyone whom the Supreme Personality fails to recognize is simply pitiable. Till the Lord doesn't acknowledge you, your life is worthless. You are just living for your material worldly requirements and enjoyments. Till you are not accepted in the fold. Think about it. Now there is a new company which has taken over your company. Your new bosses are not accepting you. What will happen to you? You will get into very big trouble, boss. Likewise, the moment Sri Krishna accepts this person, then what happens? Then everything is his alone. So the Supreme Lord has no favorite and no dear most friend, and there is no par- there is no. Remember this. Everybody thinks there is partiality. But the lord is not partial he is impartial nor does he consider anyone undesirable despicable or fit to be neglected all the same he lovingly reciprocates with his devotees in whatever manner they worship him just as the trees of the heaven fulfill the desires to whomsoever approaches them so whichever way you look at me he will look back so remember if you look with hatred you will get hatred if you look with love you will get love from the lord this is what the meaning of these words are and then lord krishna's elder brother the foremost of the yadus will grasp my joined hands while i am still standing with my head bowed and after embracing me he will take me to his house then he will honor me with all the items of ritual welcome and inquire of me about how kamsa has been treating his family members Sukdev goswami continued my dear king while the son of Swaphalka. traveling on the road, thus meditated deeply on Sri Krishna, he reached Gokula at the sun was beginning to set. In the cowherd pastures, Akrura saw the footprints of those feet whose pure dust the rulers of all the planets in the universe hold at their crowns. Those footprints of the Lord, distinguishing by such a mark as the lotus, barley corn and elephant gourd, made the ground wonderfully beautiful. increasing increasingly agitated by ecstasy at seeing the lord's footprints his bodily hairs standing on end because of pure love and his eyes filled with tears just now only i explained to you what happens the moment you meet the lord these are the things that happen they happen naturally don't worry it is a part and parcel of every disciple disciplined uh, every person in this world who is a devotee the moment you see the lord the moment you see the divine being this is what happens the eyes start watering our appellations are there your hairs will stand at end your back as if something is crawling up your back so on and so forth there are too many of these kind of things happening and his eyes are filled with tears akrura jumped down from the chariot and began rolling about those footprints exclaiming ah this is the dust from my master's feet the very goal of life of all embodied beings is this ecstasy which akrura experienced when upon receiving kamsa's order he put aside all pride fear and lamentations and absorbed himself in seeing, hearing and describing the things that reminded him of Lord Krishna. What do we do when we see the Divine Lord? All our pain goes away. You know how many problems we have in our material world, we keep on cribbing and cribbing and cribbing and cribbing and cribbing and cribbing. cribbing cribbing. There is no power, you have a problem. There is no power, what am I going to do? There is no water. What am I going to do? The rain is coming. What am I going to do? There are so many problems, you know. There is a snow outside. How will I go out? My car is having a problem, starting problem. Yeah, You know how many problems we keep on complaining about full day and night. So the moment you meet the Lord, all the problems are gone. <laughs> so all the lamentations go away. The pride goes away from us. Fear goes away. Akurura then saw Krishna and Balrama in the village of Raja, going to milk the cows. Krishna wore yellow garments, Balrama blue and their eyes resembled autumnal lotuses. One of those two mighty-armed youths, the shelter of the goddess of fortune, had a dark blue complexion and the other one was white. With their fine-featured faces, They were the most beautiful of all the persons as they walked with the gait of young elephants glancing about with compassionate smiles. These two exalted personalities beautified the pastures with the impressions of their feet which bore the mark of the flag, lightning bolt, elephant gold and lotus. The two lords, whose pastimes were very magnanimous and attractive, were ornamented with jewel necklaces and flower garlands, anointed with auspicious fragrant substances, freshly bathed and dressed in spotless raiments, They were the primeval supreme personalities, the master and the original cause of the universe, who had for the welfare of the earth, now descended in their distinct form of Keshava and Balrama, O King Parikshit, they resembled the two gold bedecked mountains, one of the emerald and the other of silver. At their effulgence, they dispelled the sky's darkness in all directions. So, it's a description of the two. Krishna and Balram, in the way they are. Akrura, overwhelmed with affection, quickly jumped down from his chariot and fell at the feet of Krishna and Balram like a rod. The joy on seeing the Supreme Lord flooded Akrura's eyes with tears and decorated his limbs with eruption of ecstasy. He felt such eagerness that he could not speak to present himself, O King. Recognizing Akrura, Lord Krishna drew him close to his hand, which bears the sign of the chariot wheel, and then embraced him. Krishna felt pleased for he is always benignly disposed towards his surrendered devotees. So the moment he comes in connect with the Divine Lord, he sees these two young boys going over there, Akurura falls at the feet of the Divine Lord and the moment they do that Krishna takes him very close. As Akurura stood with his head bowed, Lord Shankarshana, that is Balrama grasped his joint hands and then Balram took him to the house with the company of Lord Krishna. After inquiring from Akurura whether his trip has been comfortable, Balram offered him a first-class seat, bathed his feet in accordance with the injunctions of the scriptures and respectfully served him milk with honey. The Almighty Lord Balram presented Akrura with the gift of a cow, massaged his feet uh, to relieve him of fatigue and then with great respect and faith fed him suitably prepared food of various fine tastes. This is the adhara Titya, as we say, where we are welcoming the guest it's very very important you know uh, in our world we say what is important in this world is we should always respect our guests atiti deva bhava we say these words isn't it so when an atiti comes to our house it's our duty to ensure that he is in a perfect way we treat him very nicely we welcome him with water and whatever food eatables this that all those things When Akrura had eaten to his satisfaction lord Bralram the supreme knower of religious duties offered him aromatic herbs for sweetening his mouth along with fragrances and flower garlands the sakrura once again enjoyed the highest pleasure nanda maharaj asked akrura O descendant of the sharda how are you all of you maintaining yourself while the merciless kamsa remains alive you are just like sheep under the care of a butcher there is always somebody over there who always has to start something wrong <laughs> I'm sure you know those who are the married people, they will be asked, if you don't have children, the first question they will ask is, When are you going to have children? Those who are not married, the first thing that somebody is going to start is, when are you going to get married? <laughs> there is already somebody over there. So, you know, the father of Krishna, his father, Krishna father, he's the first thing that he asks is, How can you live in that place? Isn't that how the whole talk starts? How can you live in that place where you have such a dangerous guy as Kamsa living over there? I mean, (laughs) why are you staying there? So in the same way, that cruel self-serving Kamsa murdered the infants of his own sister in her presence, even as he cried in anguish. So why should you even ask about the well-being of you, his subjects? Honoured by Nanda Maharaj with these true and pleasing words of inquiry, Akrura forgot the fatigue of journey. So we have come to the end of this chapter. It was a very interesting chapter, I am sure. And we will do Akrura's what he does next in the next one. So we can stop over here.